Hello everyone, thank you for being with me through this uh, multiple episode series on ontology of music. I think I'm going to wrap up today by touching on a couple of points regarding innovation, representation, aesthetics, and hermeneutics. For uh, ontological imperatives and their manifestations, uh, semiotics, style, and performance practice, please refer to the previous seven episodes on the topic. My uh, philosophical theory of ontological self-referential semiotic networks is supported not only by my knowledge as composer and performing musician, but also draws on known scientific evidence supporting the origin of art as an abstraction rather than mimesis. Now, uh, this, is, uh, this is very important. You can uh, check out uh, an article in German by Brianna Otto, uh, Geometrische Ornamente auf Anatolische Keramik, Symmetrien frühester Schmuckformen im Nahen Osten und in der Ägäis. Uh, it's uh, published in 1976. Now, the discoveries were not known and or considered when philosophical theories for mimesis were first introduced. Now, here we can, we can go back to Plato even, uh, who uh, advocated against innovation in music. Um, now, of course, I mean an imitation. When I talk about mimesis, I mean imitation of object not produced by humans. Uh, if you want to be amused, you can check out uh, a book, Aesthetique Philosophie, by Michael Dufresne. Uh, it's published in 1967. It's full of hilariously sexist statements, about, among other things. Um, and for more information, uh, you can check out the footnotes of uh, my article on ontology of music. The ontological imperatives I propose are abstract and independent of cultural, historical, and technological modifications of instruments. Therefore, the problem of understanding musical ontology vis-à-vis -vis with originality lies in the fact that with respect to the theory proposed above, Musical innovation consists of a visionary slash new slash unexpected recasting of abstract ontological imperatives, the manifestations of which have to be continuously reevaluated from different perspectives, including but not limited to compositional style, historical period, performance practice practices, and cultural traditions. The comprehension of new sound worlds, such as those of Varese and Cowell, who maximized the resources at their disposal and created the conditions for their respective visions to thrive, requires adapting in order for someone to assess and appreciate and evaluate the sonic manifestations of ideas and processes. Well, in my future research, I hope to address the nature of uh, representation. Um, now, I, I do argue that representation in music differs because of the phenomenology of perception. This is after Merleau-Ponty, for those of you who are interested. 
um, and is divided in different types, which I call modes, according to the means, such as scores, live performances, and recordings. The different modes of uh, representation of a music composition appeal to different aspects of cognition because they emphasize the ontological imperatives to different degrees. These variables become especially evident in the study of medieval Augen music, what Davis calls thin quote and quote works, such as jazz charts and contemporary graphic scores. I uh, should also consider in the future to what extent does adopting the primacy of the medium as the message, this after McLuhan, uh, compromise the semiotic network of a composition. I have suggested in some of my writings a relationship between the philosophical categories of ontology and aesthetics uh, to the theoretical categories of content and form. I say there is a relation between them and uh, both are important in the process of composition. Um, this has to account for the composer's choice of ontological imperatives from the standpoint uh, that aesthetics is appreciated cognition. Now, this is my definition of aesthetics, appreciated cognition. Uh, I will discuss more about aesthetics some other time. Now, a thinking person's empiric knowledge provides an invaluable perspective on the essence of a creative process. Accounting for existing traditions in music creation, music making, and music teaching, combined with an understanding of how music composers and performers view what they do, and with empirical knowledge, provide the most solid foundations for the development of a comprehensive philosophical theory of music. Uh, now, um, the inability uh, to see what's hidden in plain sight due to lack of knowledge of the actual modus operandi can uh, mislead even erudite scientists. This is very important to keep in mind. Um, I uh, hope that, um, that my reflections will help me formulate a comprehensive philosophical theory of music, uh, and I hope uh, it will help you too, dear listeners. Thank you for being with me through all these eight episodes on ontology of music, and next time we'll continue with uh, something else. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.